Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. Today, we're going back to Israel. Avi Lipkin is here ready to share the latest details on the war, as well as his unique perspective on the events that are rapidly unfolding in the Middle East. Each year, SWRC presents its prophecy calendar. This special resource benefits you and the prisoners we serve through our Onesimus Prison Outreach Ministry. This year, the calendar is truly spectacular, with stunning pictures from the Holy Land and added bonuses that I know you'll enjoy. Southwest Radio Ministries creates this unique calendar from differing parts of the world filled with scripture, comfort, and inspiration from God's Word. We also partner with each of you who purchase a calendar to encourage prisoners in our Onesimus prison ministry. For every calendar you order, a calendar will be given to a prisoner free of charge. Order your calendar and encourage a prisoner. Calendars are ready to ship today. Order yours when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Or you can order your calendar at our website, swrc.com. Today's special guest, Avi Lipkin, is in Israel, and he's ready to share the latest details on what is happening on the ground. Here's Josh Davis and Avi Lipkin. Friends, I'm privileged to be joined again by Avi Lipkin. He is in Israel and is giving us a report on what is happening there since the horrible, horrible, atrocious events of October 7th took place and all that is resulting in this war that has broken out against terrorism and against the extremes that are there. And it is very much like the Nazi mindset among these terrorists. Same horrors that the Nazis acted upon the Jewish people. Now we see Hamas and other terrorist organizations have that same mindset, that same evil spirit within them to bring as much evil and destruction upon the Jewish people and upon even Christian people as we spoke yesterday. Avi, I'm blessed to be joined with you again today. Thank you. Good to be back. So let's speak about uh, some of the things that's happening in Israel. What is life like on a daily basis for Israeli citizens right now? Well, uh, speaking for myself, uh, I can tell you that uh, my wife and I and my uh, sons and grandchildren and my daughters and we're all doing fine. I mean, you know, we, there's no lack of food and uh, everything we need is there. Water supplies are there, electricity supplies are there, internet is there. Uh, we had been warned at the beginning of the war that we may end up being without electricity, internet, and water for three days or more, uh, especially if uh, missiles from Hezbollah would hit the, uh, uh, you know, the um, electrical um, uh, providers. Uh, or internet providers or water providers, you know, so we are told to uh, prepare ourselves accordingly to hoard water uh, and to, uh, believe it or not, get transistor radios that work on uh, batteries. So Mm. we did that too. Uh, Store water for at least uh, three days, four days, drinking water. And, uh, but you know what, maybe I'm paranoid, but we've been doing this for the last year or two already. Uh, You know, just being told to always be ready because at any given moment they could pull a surprise attack on us. And that's what they did on October 7th. This was like Pearl Harbor. This was like 9-11. And uh, nobody could have expected it. So I would say, all things considered, we're doing well. Of course, the problem is, you know, since I'm 75, I'm not in the Army. But uh, even my son, who's 48, he's in the Army now. 
Mm. My three, three of my nine grandkids are in the army. So, uh, so we're all hoping that there should be no problem. That the war should, you know, be over with as few uh, casualties as possible. Um, but other than that, life continues. You know, we're we're back to traffic jams again. People are back to work, mm. and uh, I think partially because the Israeli army is doing such a good job in uh, co- conquering the north of Gaza and Gaza City. Uh, you know, every air- area that the Israeli army uh, vanquishes and takes over, there are no missiles coming out of there. So the missile strikes are, are less and less and less. And therefore, um, you know, people are getting out more and more and more from their homes. Otherwise, people are always home, you know, near their shelters, air raid shelters. Mm. So life, uh, I think, is okay. I think businesses are coming back. Um, Restaurants are opening up again. I mean, you know, you you couldn't open a restaurant because uh, any business uh, housing more than 10 people had to shut down. Mm. Wow. uh, Out of fear of a missile strike. Yeah. So everything was shutting down. And now little by little things are opening up again. Uh, and we're just waiting to see uh, where the war is going. And, of course, the Israeli military is working very hard to find where the hostages are and get them out alive because we don't we don't trust Hamas for a moment. Right. And do you think that I know some have said that this may be a long, drawn out war. Do you see that taking place? Uh, unfortunately, I, I think the answer is yes, um, as as bloody and as unpleasant Gaza is, uh, Hezbollah is also shelling us every day from the northern border, from Lebanon, and Hezbollah has five times more than what uh, Hamas has. Hmm. I think it's more than five times more. Uh, and unlimited funding and weaponries from Iran. I mean, Iran is the, the, the head of the octopus. Uh, each, uh, as I said in yesterday's program, you know, you have tentacles and Gaza is a tentacle, and uh, Lebanon is a tentacle. Judea Samaria is a tentacle. Syria is a tentacle. Yemen is a, is a you know, Yemen is shooting missiles at us. Mm. Uh, all this is thanks to the Iranians. I mean, the, I think it's Iranian officers that are doing it, though. They're there in Yemen. And uh, I don't know if you're too young to remember Boris and Natasha, but uh, these are the no goodness. I mean, these are people just, they, they live to kill, and they live to die. They want to die. Mm. Let's, uh, God, by the way, I'll say something which might get you into trouble. Allah is not God. Allah is Satan. And Islam is not a religion. Islam is a criminal psychosis. And as long as people don't get this through their thick skulls, they're not going to understand what this war is about. I agree with you because, you know, any God who says to go and to kill innocent people and to have this mindset of murder uh, cannot be the one true God. And uh, we, we certainly understand that uh, God is love, the Scripture tells us clearly, and a God that would command murder and command people to die in His name cannot be the one true God of the Scriptures. I'd like to add to that also that, you know, in the Bible of the Jew and the Christian, in the book of Isaiah, it says that the Jews are the apple of God's eye. God loves us. In Romans, I think it's 15, it says that Christians are grafted into the Jews. So God loves the Jews and God loves the Christians equally. We together make up that, you know, olive tree. Uh, does God love the sinner, or the pagan? And the answer is yes. God loves all human beings because all human beings are created in his image. Uh, that includes the Muslims, who are pagans and terrible people, but they're, I mean, they could be good people, but it's the system that perverts them. And so, you know, God says love everyone. And, you know, Jesus, of course, is famous even for saying love the enemy. 
but uh, in Islam, Allah wants to kill the Jews on Saturday, wants to kill the Christians on Sunday, wants to kill the Hindus, the Buddhists, the blacks any day. And then the Muslims kill each other in the name of Allah. You know, so uh, Sunnis kill Shiites, Shiites kill Sunnis. Sunnis kill Sunnis and Shiites kill Shiites. Everybody kills everybody uh, because uh, when Muslims pray and they say Allah Akbar, Allah Akbar does not mean God, Allah is great or God is great. It means Allah is greater. Akbar means greater. Allah is greater than the other God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Their God is the God of the moon. Uh, the moon god, the war god, and the sword god. And their plan is to totally depopulate the earth. Allah cannot be greater than God until everyone in the image of God is dead. This is what I preach in the churches. People are astounded. Where, where do you know these things from? And the answer is, firstly, I married a woman from Egypt, a Jewish woman, whose father and brother were in jail for two years only because they were Jewish. We know exactly the intention of Islam. Uh, the problem is, you know, that uh, they say kill the Jew on Saturday, kill the Christian on Sunday. And I come to the States, and the only people who listen to me are in, in certain churches, not all the churches, certain churches. Other churches are politically correct. They don't want to hear it. And synagogues don't want to hear it. Hmm. So I'm in a very, very, um, how shall I say, lonely place here after 33 years of preaching this message, except for my relationship with you guys and, uh, you know, other ministries as well that I work with. We're speaking with Avi Lipkin, and we were in Israel, and we were able to visit with Avi while we were there, and we sat down and recorded a couple of different interviews. Myself, Pastor Larry Spargimino, and Avi had the privilege of speaking on camera together and recording this, and this DVD is available now. It's called Heritage Under Attack. Now, of course, this was recorded before the war broke out on October the 7th, but we spoke about Mount Ebal. We spoke about the importance of Israel, and we spoke some about what we're talking about today, and we had no idea of what would happen, but just the tension that exists in Israel in general and uh, the destruction that certain groups want to plan for historical sites, archaeological sites like Mount Ebal. And we also talked about the geopolitical history of Israel to help people understand the current challenges that Israel is facing and so you can order your copy of Heritage Under Attack with Avi Lipkin, myself, and Pastor Larry by calling our ministry 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Or you can order the DVD Heritage Under Attack on our website, swrc.com. That's swrc.com. Avi, why don't we zoom out for a little bit and speak about not just what's happening in Israel, but how does what's happening in Israel impact the geopolitical climate that we see around the world? Perhaps speaking of Russia, China, America, some of these other countries. Well, indeed, before the Russian invasion of the Ukraine in February 2022, uh, I, I mean, I remember very clearly, and it was very uh, uh, scary for me personally, that uh, the United States could be defeated, God forbid, by a coalition of Russia, China, North Korea, and Iran. And uh, also Venezuela and Cuba and other countries which have become uh, communist or socialist in Latin America. And uh, I saw America very greatly threatened. Uh, and of course, uh, you know, I don't want to get into the Republican-Democrat debate, but the, the, the impression that I got from President Biden was that he was going to try to capitulate and surrender to everybody just to keep the peace. 
Uh, that's always been the democratic way. Uh, in, in some ways, it works. But on the other hand, you look at the history. Who's president of the United States in World War I? President Wilson, a Democrat. Who was president of the United States in World War II? It was, you know, uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, a Democrat. Every time you, a big war breaks out, it's a president who's a Democrat because mm. he, he, you know, radiates weakness. And what happened was the Russians, and Trump was right about this, the Russians looked at America under Biden and said, okay, let's go get a Ukraine. Ukraine has no uh, justification for its existence. It has always been part of Russia for a thousand years, and we're going to take it back, and we're going to punish all the Nazis, uh, which is baloney, because there's no—you <laughs> have some right-wing people in, in Ukraine, but uh, you, you have Nazis in America, <laughs> Nazis everywhere, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, so what happened was, because of this weakness radiated by Biden, uh, you know, the Russians said, okay, it's time to attack the Ukraine. And uh, uh, what happened was they, you know, the Ukrainians— uh, have a very, very bitter history with Soviet Russia and also with Tsarist Russia. And uh, they fight like the Dickens. You know, the, the the Ukrainians are fighting like real heroes. And it turns out, you know, a lot of Americans are not happy to be spending money for the Ukraine. But uh, the Ukrainian military has been wearing down and degrading uh, Russian military power. And so I think today uh, it has been revealed uh, by the war between Russia and Ukraine, that Russia is a paper tiger. And uh, I don't want to talk bad about the Chinese. I have nothing against the Chinese as human beings. Mm-hmm. But, you know, one and a half billion Chinese are all concentrated in four river valleys. And if, you know, it comes down to war with China, uh, that their whole population, can, almost the whole population can be wiped out by nuclear missiles of those four river valleys. So Russia, China eventually could easily be knocked out. North Korea could be knocked out. Iran is going to be knocked out, I believe. Uh, And so what I see happening here is that Israel, which is doing everything it could possibly do for peace with Gaza, in the end, uh, this is all deception by Gaza, and now the war is happening with Gaza. Gaza is being pulverized, and, of course, the Israeli military is doing everything in its power not to kill innocent civilians uh, and to get them to the southern part of Gaza, which is a safe zone, and who's blocking them? Hamas. Hamas wants their own people dead because the more people who die, the better it is for their media. Uh, mm. But we you know we watch here on the news how the uh, the, uh, the Gaza uh, residents are are being encouraged by the Israeli military, uh, and and they are basically parading south between Israeli tanks without being shot at. The Israelis are protecting them. Who's shooting at them? Hamas is shooting at them. So what's happening is, I think, uh, if you know the na- game Pickup Sticks from when we were little kids, mm-hmm. uh, Gaza is the first pickup stick. Uh, the next pickup stick is going to be uh, the Hezbollah in Lebanon. I think this is going to have to happen because these people have been uh, sitting on 150,000 rockets. They can't just sit there on those rockets. It's like, you know, when you and I were 13-year-olds, you know, and we got our first firecrackers in our hands, you know, what are we going to do? Look at them? We're going to go out and blow them up. So Hezbollah, they're like these 13-year-old kids with these Iranian-made missiles, or provided missiles. And uh, so I think we're going to be seeing uh, the war with uh, Hezbollah as the next stage. And uh, after that, it's going to be Iran. And I I don't think the United States, uh, even under President Biden, or especially under President Biden, 
uh, would send, you know, two aircraft carrier uh, uh, groups uh, to the Mediterranean and a nuclear-powered sub with 140 uh, ICBMs. Uh, I mean, these are the kind of weapons that will be used and uh, against Iran. And and by the way, today in today's news, they said that uh, the U.S. pulverized uh, an Iranian militia group in uh, Syria. That was firing rockets at the the U.S. military, and the U.S. military was attacked 40 times. The supremacy of the United States as the world power. And, uh, I mean, I don't see any other country in the world uh, being world number one power after, except for the U.S. You? (laughs) I don't think you do either. No. And the values of of democracy and all the things we stand for— uh, Israel and America agree on these values. These are, these are not values to be laughed at. Right, and I think that uh, the idea of globalism that a lot of liberals want to push, you know, becoming one as a world, is something that we see, I think, that's undermining American greatness and uh, that people are using to downplay American greatness in any way, shape, or form. And I think we're cutting ourselves off at the knees when we do that, and we we need to be strong, and to stand up with strength in these days. Uh, we're speaking with Avi Lipkin, and we had the opportunity to sit down with him back in September, Pastor Larry, myself, and Avi, and record a two-DVD collection. It's called Heritage Under Attack, and we encourage you to order your copy by calling us at 1-800-652-1144. That's 1144, or you can visit us online at swrc.com. Avi, we appreciate your time and thank you for the updates on things that's happening in Israel. And we're glad to have your first person perspective on all these issues. God bless you and God save America. Recently, a team from Southwest Radio Ministries traveled to Israel and Jordan, filming a number of teaching series and documentaries. One of those projects is being officially released today, Heritage Under Attack. Overlooking the city of Jerusalem, Larry Spargimino and Josh Davis sit down for two important conversations with Israeli expert Avi Lipkin. Order this important DVD today when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. You can also order Heritage Under Attack at our website swrc.com. Part 1 of Heritage Under Attack details the recent finding of an ancient altar at Mount Ebal, Israel, and the importance of protecting and preserving the site. In Part 2, Avi Lipkin provides a brief political history of Israel to help us understand the current challenges Israel faces. Heritage Under Attack. Order your copy today. 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. This time of year is very musical. From special hymns to Christmas carols, these songs help prepare your heart and mind for worship. Pastor Larry recently visited with instrumental guitarist James Sunquist to discuss sacred hymns and carols. We are back with James Sunquist, and we will continue our discussion about music, hymns, and carols. James, thank you so much for being on the show. Larry, great to be back with you for the many times and over a quarter of a century. (laughs) Yes, that's indeed very true. But uh, James, what's the difference between a Christmas carol and a Christmas hymn? 
Excellent question, Larry. The, historically, a carol is a ring dance, and it's one of their main reasons it was not allowed in the church, because it was done in the streets, and they thought that was pagan and sacrilegious. So in England, they didn't allow that. But over time, the carol has lost that connection. But ring dances are still done in Eastern Orthodox, Russian, and of course, the Jewish traditions of dancing. They don't call it a carol, but they still, it's still a ring dance. But today, carols are done and sung in schools and churches without dancing. Usually, sometimes they do. That's the main thing. And then they took out, like, God rest you, Mary gentlemen. They got rid of the syncopated dancing. Bouncing is when you're dancing in a circle. And they took out the, the rhythms, so they brought it into the church, and they made it more stiff and march-like, so they changed that. But in my recording, I do both. I have a, a straight, upright, rigid, and then I have the bouncing in the last verse. But James, why don't Christmas carols go back to the beginning of the church age, and why are they so recent and only allowed in worship of the last few hundred years? Another great question, Larry. The Much of it has to do with the, they followed the tradition for so, for so long of just doing the Psalms and sometimes other texts that they would insert, but they would they kept it really strict in that way and not allowing the, if you would, the pagan world to enter in, uh, let alone the, anything that resembled paganism. So they, they kept it strict in that sense for so long, and it was only toward the Reformation and beyond where they, they started allowing more things to come in and uh, hymn writers with text and then setting it to music. But even then, Larry, they were often took a religious text that was airtight doctrinally, but they'd set it to a uh, secular hymns that were done in the streets and in taverns and things. Right, right. <laughs> well, friends, we are visiting with James Sunquist, and uh, certainly God-honoring music for the holidays would be a great blessing. We are offering two CDs, an anthology of sacred hymns for classical guitar, and also an anthology of sacred carols for classical guitar. They are beautifully done. The background music that you are hearing is from these CDs. And we will also throw in, without extra charge, two books that James Sunquist has written on sacred carols and sacred hymns. Our toll-free number, 1-800-652-1144. James, which Christmas carol besides Silent Night do you think is more famous in English than its original language? That's another wonderful question. I would say probably maybe Joy to the World would be up there, the, uh, besides Silent Night, of course. Oh, Holy Night that we do, really quite famous. And then uh, to say nothing about secular Christmas carols that we don't do, but I've, to my sadness, they, they did uh, in a conservative Baptist church. We heard sung at Christmas time, uh, Santa bringing toys and things, and we just were blown away, sadly, by that. But So that's got changed. I hope that answered the question. Yes, I think that helps. And there's, there's a question that, that I think some of our listeners might really be interested in, and that is this. Is there any way guitarists could learn how to play your arrangements among our SWRC listeners? Thank you for that. They can go to my website, Eagle Masterworks Productions, and just send an inquiry, and they can do a form, and we can follow through with that, and they can pick the one they are interested in, and we can, we can go from there. 
and then just listening to it over and over helps them learn as well. I want to just say the two of the uh, questions, did we talk to any famous hymnologist? And the answer is yes. For both the carols and the hymns, Robin A. Lever for the carols is a legendary hymnologist, as is a lady, which is wonderful because some of the hymns were actually written by women, but that was really rare and very late. But anyway, Mary Louise Van Dyke, and they're, they're legendary hymnologists, and they, she reviewed and edited the hymns documentary. So we have very, very professional backup sound foundation, the multitude of godly counsel. There's wisdom, right, Larry? That helps, yes. Well, James, which famous carol on your CD is the most recently composed song, and when was it published? The most recent one is Do You Hear What I Hear? And we actually met, she's the only author of the famous carol we met, Gloria Shane. She wrote the music, and the text is by Noel Regney, and it's Do You Hear What I Hear? And it was in 1962, uh, so it's really, really recent. Uh, there's a few American hymns that are well-known, like A Little Town of Bethlehem is American, uh, I Wonder As I Wander. They're kind of rare, but they're still really special. We love them, and they're, of course, on the CD, and then the documentary describes their history. Well, there are a lot of things that are very interesting, I think, about carols, to say the least. Now, are sacred Christmas carols, like your Silent Night Band, anywhere in America, like England did in the last century? A wonderful question. Believe it or not, right in a, in a public school in New Jersey, they banned them, and they may be banned in other places. And so the war never ends about the use of Christmas carols. You think they'd be innocent enough? But the, <laughs> the war goes on, Larry. Wow, it's unbelievable what's uh, what's happening. But uh, I've got one more question. James, why were sacred carol melodies originally set to pagan text, later set to sacred text? Well, they often just grabbed what they could in terms of getting a melody that they wanted. And it's baffling in a lot of ways to me because we do have many really godly composers that wrote melodies like Mendelssohn wrote the, the music for Hark the Herald Angel Sings. But he, he wasn't around at the time when the text was written. And so often, great scholars and preachers, you know, pastors, they needed the song. They Over time, they would write doctrine, and then they set it to, to rhyme and made sure it was airtight doctrinally. And then they had to come up with a melody. So ironically, they turned right around and get a secular melody because it was one that was in the streets and available. There's many other reasons, but that's at least one, Larry. Well, James, thank you so much for your musical expertise, and thank you certainly for talking to us about this important genre. You might say Christmas carols, they make many people happy. Some of them are really good and honor the Lord. So thank you so much. Oh, it's a blessing to have done it and to talk with you, Larry, and fellowship, and we can dance in the spirit now. <laughs> All right. God bless, James. Good talking to you. God bless, Larry. The brand new DVD, Heritage Under Attack, is now available. Overlooking the city of Jerusalem, Larry Spargimino and Josh Davis sit down for two important conversations with Israeli expert Avi Lipkin. Keen analysis and insight into what is happening in Israel and the Middle East is found in Heritage Under Attack. Order this important DVD today when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. 
Lord willing, we'll be back here Monday, ready to once again bring clarity to the chaos. Head into the weekend with the encouragement that God is still on the throne and prayer changes things. Watchman on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and is supported by faithful listeners just like you. Please visit our website, swrc.com.